Speak up God, another time, family. Um, man, it's good to see everybody. Everybody all right? All right, all right, all right. Let's, um, let's pray, and um, we're going to dive in. Real quick, if you got, we got some people sitting on the floor. If you have a, um, we've run out of chairs, and so if you have a seat beside you, just lift your hand up. You can give up my, my joint right there. You can throw my sweat in the back. Um, there's two right here, one right, see, all over the place. So if you need a seat, you're out in the lobby, you, you're welcome to come in unless you want to chill out there. You're welcome to. You're on the floor, you know, this is the floor crew right there. They like the floor. Uh, all right. Let's pray. Father, there's, there's a lot um, to, to discuss um, on, on the, in these times. Lord God, there's so much that we all need to be taught. And, Lord God, I, I pray that you would continue to be gracious to us. Lord God, in growing spiritually and becoming more and more conformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray in Christ's name that you would help us to be engaged um, by your word. Lord, bless um, the offering. Lord, I help uh, the offering to be used continuously to your glory, that there will be proper stewarding. Help the sons of the world not to be wise, wiser than us. Um, Lord God, help them not to beat us out based on your kingdom ethics. So Lord God, we pray that we would, um, we would be sustained by Christ to live out your ethical standards. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord God, my strength and my redeemer in whom I trust in Christ's name. Amen. What's up family of God? What's up family of God? It's good to be up in this piece this morning, to be around God's people, to chop it up with people who are chasing after him, who want to be like him, who are not afraid um, to expose themselves so that Christ can be exposed. So um, that, that's, that's, a, that's a fun group of people uh, to be around. Keep, keep lifting us up. You are with less than uh, two weeks to our deadline of, of, of gaining the facility. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so so um, keep keep praying hard. There, there are some snags, but God has been, I mean, God has been killing it, man. And I'm telling y'all, I can't wait to celebrate. Um, not just getting a building, but what that means in our ability to to to, to show off Christ through uh, serving through mercy and justice continually through this community um, and globally to be able to send out missionaries who will in some way. Uh, go to uncharted areas and proclaim the excellencies of God for the purpose of church planting. Y'all know we're church planting church, and so we already give the church planting. We go, we give to a program called the Cooperative Program, so we do that, and then we're going to take another 10%, um, and we're going to be setting that aside so that we can give away to a church. We want to see churches in Camden, Westchester, parts of Jersey, and then major urban centers. So we, we believe in God that he's going to, this, this is not for us. Um, we don't want to be a, a, a us group, you know, me, 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 me. But we want to be a group of people who God can trust with stuff. Um, we, we don't want to be people, ah, Father, we can't give it to them because they always hoard. And so, man, we want to we wanna walk as a crew of people that have open hands in relation to God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we'll be planting churches cross-denominationally. 
Amen. Um, so, but but they gotta they gotta adhere to some fundamentals of the historic Christian faith and the tradition. Amen. 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 We we've been in Proverbs. We've been in Proverbs, and Proverbs has been uh, one of those books. We we want to utilize Proverbs continuously as one of those books that we kind of utilize as a commercial. Cause we, it's so it's so loaded with so much of Christian ethics um, in fleshing out, you know, what it means uh, to fear God, um, what it looks like to live in relation to the cross of Christ, what, what, what all of that looks like practically lived out in a multiplicity of areas of life. And uh, we, we've entered into a mini-series within the series of the Issues of Life series on wise men uh, and wise women. This week we're on the latter part of Wise Man Part 2. And, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna revisit this. After we do our next series um, that we're about to do, we're going to have a, another long John-type series next. Then after that, we're going to come back to Proverbs. And every time we come back, we're going to deal with manhood and womanhood. Is that cool with you? Yeah. We think there's a crisis. We think there's a crisis in manhood and womanhood in our culture. And that everybody's instructing us, everybody's telling us how to be a man either explicitly or implicitly. Everybody's telling us how to be a woman either explicitly or implicitly. And, 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 and the church seems to have a muzzle on it like we just usually clap back at the culture. And, and, I, and I think that's, that's kind of silly that, we, that the world has to always do something crazy in order to make us teach God's nutrition. In other words, we should, we should be so proactive. We should always be preventative. Amen. See what I'm saying? We, we got to begin to unveil the mind of God as been conveyed through the scriptures and so, so that people have in their system uh, um, 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 the, the storage chambers of what God says and, and, and how to react and how to talk through things. And so, so today we're, we're going through men part two, and I know last week was a, a, little, a, a, little, a, little, a little rugged. Um, little rugged, and um, and um, to anyone I offended in any way, um, I, I apologize for that offense. However, I don't apologize for all of it. Um, and so, but but I believe that I believe that we we don't need to get unnecessarily graphic, um, but I do believe that that we need to talk open ended about some things that we want some spiritual grown ups. We got to talk like biblical grown ups. So you got to get some grown-up information. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to dive in, man. And i am just been thinking about this topic of manhood, sex, and marriage. We're going to keep revisiting this. What does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to have good Christian sex? Amen. What does it mean um, 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 to, to have a beefy marriage? What does it mean to have a beefy marriage? You know that we always talk about the fact that Philadelphia, 90% of the kids born in Philly right now, born to single-parent homes. That's an issue for the church. That's not a black issue. That's not a Latino issue. That's not an inner city issue. That is our issue. I, I want to keep saying that because I don't want to think, well, well, that's the minorities over there. That's their issue. Or that's those people. Or that's the, no, that's our issue. If God has called us to incarnate the gospel of Jesus Christ here in this city, then we have to relevantly engage every issue biblically. Amen? Amen. And, and in light of that reality, I'm blown away by the times that I, I was taken to, you know, a, a ladies call their ministry 3130. All right, y'all. We love y'all, too. <laughs> and I was looking at a verse 
and we're going to dive into our, our main passage, but it's a verse that kind of is like a cousin verse of 3130, Proverbs 3130. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 6. Proverbs 20, verse 6. It's a powerful verse. Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful man, who can find? Wow. Wow. Every woman in this room has asked that question. I'm saying, no, you know, I need somebody, you know what I'm saying, that can take care of me. I need some, I mean, I don't, need, I don't need to be wondering where you at. The Bible says a faithful cat is hard to find. Faithful, a, a man... The, the, the word is an interesting word. The word is usually used of God's steadfast love, his loving kindness. It's almost untranslatable. He said, it, 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 where is the man who can be found faithful? You know, it, it's interesting. In, in his book, The Code of the Street, Elijah Anderson begins talking about the inner city baby mama. And he talks about the inner city baby mama, how they sit around and, and they kind of talk about different issues. And now they talk about soap operas and how they talk about how they're going to get their babies, some new Jordans, you know what I'm saying? How they talking about how so-and-so fine and I like him. But, 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 but he's, he talks about something interesting. He said the inner city woman has gotten to the point where she's so dumbed down her standards because she's desperate for a dude. And she's so dumbed down her standards that she stopped expecting anything out of a man and really has functioned and prepared her life that a man is going to be unfaithful and faulty. And, and, and I've been meditating on that in light, in light of us and in, in light of our needs and in, 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 in light of what God wants from us. And, 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 I'm, and I'm blown away by the fact that we're in a time and a place where men are expected not to be faithful. Mothers, because of bad experiences with men, have trained their daughter. You know what I'm saying? Bam, I'm just telling you, just, you know, when you get married, just expect he's going to be out on you, boo. You know, Keisha Cole has a show on BET. It's an it's a interesting social anthology. You know, where you see her kind of exposing her hoodness, her Bay Area hoodness. And I watched, I don't, I watched this, this, this one last week. And her manager was helping her look for her daddy. And she didn't even want it to happen, but he kind of went behind her back and started looking for her daddy, for her. And it has to do with what we're talking about today. I was blown away because her mama, of course, is out on bail because she was a crack addict and she was a prostitute. And I'm watching Keisha... Who, who don't trust no men and, and want to do stuff on her own, no blast to Keisha. And then her sister sitting there having issues with her husband, cussing him out on the block, hollering at him, him standing there walking away. Both of them committed adultery and don't want to get back with each other. Then I see Keisha sit at the table with Mom, Mom Dukes and, and her sister, and they sitting at the table, and her manager sitting right there, and they're interviewing men that her mom has had sex with in the past. Interviewing them. And, and she's interviewing them and, 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 and getting and paying for, so it's $500 a pop. So she's paying for, you know what I'm saying, them to get a paternity test. Now, can you imagine what's being explicitly and implicitly said 
by men coming at the table being interviewed about whether or not you're my daddy. What, what, where have we gotten in our culture where people have to interview a multitude of men to say, are you my daddy? Did you plant the seed? We got American Gangster, the new series on. We see the glorification of the thug life. I was blown away. I saw the joint on Rayful Edmond because I grew up in D.C. I remember when 500 cats was getting killed. And before we was 21, I was 13. You know what I'm saying? And they were telling us, none of y'all will probably grow up to see the age 21. I remember they told us that in, in D.C. public schools. And I'm just, and I, and I remember but before I became a Christian, someone handed me black men, obsolete, single, dangerous. And, and, and I'm reading this book as a black conscious, uh, I, I was like a Buddhist, Hindu, 5% nation, nation of Islam, Orthodox, Sunni, Shiite, Salafi, um, I, you know what I'm saying? I was, uh, I mean, I was all that. I had like, I, I wanted nine, you know, I wanted the ump, the cross, the, the Africa joint with the leather joint we used to wear, you know what I'm saying? And know what we were trying to find? Identity. And today, I, 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 I just got one point I'm going to preach. Just one point. Just one point based on Proverbs 5. One simple point. A real man seeks satisfaction through God's ordained means. That's, that's it. <laughs> that's the point today. That's the point today. Let's, let's read the passage. Drink water from your own cistern, fam. Flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad? Streams of water in the streets. Let them be for yourself alone. And not for strangers with you. I'm going to stop there. We're going to do the rest of it. A real man seeks Satisfaction through God's ordained means. Drink. Let's stop there. This euphemistic expression is used here not for you literally taking a drink, but it's pointing to drinking as something you do to satisfy a thirst. He says drink water from your own cistern. In other words, he says, satisfy yourself, men, through God's ordained means. Backdrop. Daddy sitting in his office with his son. We talked about it last week. Solomon is probably talking to Big Ray, Ray Aboam, Ray Ray. <laughs> Solomon, tell him, come, come, come in, come in, fam. Sit down, son. I'm going to tell you about this chick, man, on the block that I see always uh, tapping dudes off. I'm going to tell you about her. Then, but then I'm going to tell you about another woman that I want you. But, but really, it's not necessarily about the woman. It's I want to focus on you, son. And he says, son, I want to teach you about sex. I, I'm not going to talk about the birds and the bees. I'm, I, I'm not going to talk about, you know, um, 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 the stork. I'm not going to talk to you about any urban legend mythology. I want to talk to you about the mind of God on this. 
And when he begins unlacing and unleashing to his son, God's mind on it, first thing he tell him to do is drink. He says, it, it, it has the idea, the fact that he assumes that God has given us desires. He says, son, he said, I know you've been, you've been, you, 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 you want something, don't you? He said, and, and you wanting that, he says, I want you to point it in the right direction. He says, I want you to be careful where you drink. He said, I want you to, I want you to drink water from your own cistern. Now, a cistern was, they they would have limestone ground, and they would dig deep into the limestone ground, and then they would let it rain into it, and then they would cover it with a rock. And, 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 And in other words, the cistern wasn't giving the water. God is the one who gives the water. So in other words, he says, son, I want you to maximize God's place of blessing. This is powerful because many of us have been just taught, don't do it. Don't have sex. I remember going to youth groups and all you hear is people coming in with the testimony. You know, when I was 16 years old, I came up and I used to have sex with this person. I used to sleep around and I used to do drugs. And by the time they get to the cross, you, you, you can't even see the cross. I mean, you, you're like, where is the I mean, and you, 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 you're so better. You're like, I like the testimony part. You know, I want to jump off on some of that. Sometimes, and, 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 but, 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 but the father pulls his son in and he says, son, I know you, your nature is rising and, 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 and you're having some issues. And he said, but I want you to drink from the right place. See, we haven't been taught how to drink from the right place. See, we've, we've, been, we, we have, we've been just taught what not to do, but why. And I'm going to talk about the why of this in a second. But he says, drink Water from your own cistern and flowing water from your own well. This is powerful. See, the cistern was cut in the ground, a man-made place that water went into based on trusting God that he would make it rain so that they would have water in the dry season. When it was dry all around, there would be some place to go get something to drink from. But then there was the flowing water or the spring. Now, the spring is different. Because it it was already provided by God under the ground, and God will cause pressure underground. Stay with me. And and when this pressure would go underground, the pressure wouldn't be able to take what God had put underground, and God heats it up. And he heats the water up so that it gets so hot that it pops out of the water, out of the ground. And then they knew, okay, that's a, that's a place where we can get some water. And so what they did was they built a well around it so that as God provided from his source of satisfaction, they were able to capture it and be satisfied from it. He said, son, he said, when you get a good woman, when you get married, he said, you know what? He said, I want you to go drink. And he said, I want you to go there. And I want you to, now, you got to understand the imagery. This ain't trying to be nasty, but just understand the imagery. They had to go and get the water out of there with something. So they had to go and drop a bucket down in there, pull the water out, and drink it. That euphemistically is talking about sexual intercourse. He says, son, when you, when you engage in sex with your wife, 
It's like when you go to a freshwater spring. It's like when you go to a well or a cistern. And when you go down and you go and get, what, get, get your desires, he said, notice he says your own. I like that. He said, he said, son, don't just be dropping your bucket all over the place. See, he said, he said, son, you, you go over here, you drop your bucket in that cistern. You go over here, you drop your bucket in this cistern. You got, you just drop it, just drop it. But you just all over the place, just dropping, dropping, dropping your bucket all over the place. <laughs> then you come back to your own cistern and you redrop your bucket into your own. And it's no telling, son, who's been drinking from them other cisterns. A lot of buckets have been in them other cisterns. Ain't no telling what they got. It's in the text. He said, son, he said, he said, a wife, he said, God has ordained that sex with your wife is a fresh place to get satisfied. Oh, my goodness. Drink fresh water from your own cistern and running water from your own well, son. And so he wants his son to be in a place where he begins to understand that God's ordained means is not jacked up means, but that they are beautiful means, talking about metaphorically of having his sexual desires properly satisfied from the right place. I remember when I was in, when I was, um, I lived in Little Rock, Arkansas for about a year. And man, I went to this spot called Hot Springs, Arkansas. I went to Hot Springs, man. And man, it was a lot of people. I mean, ain't nothing in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Nothing. Nothing. It's mountains and trees and, and all this kind of carrying on. And I go in, and they got the middle of town. It's just people. And all of these bathing places. And man, right there on the street, it's water fountains all da- up and down the street. I'm like, dang, what's, like, water fountain? And people just going over there, you know, drinking water, filling up their tubs with this hot water. And I'm like, I'm, I'm asking the dude, I said, man, what, what is it about hot springs? He said, hot springs has one thing. We have the freshest water in America. He says, he says, we, we have water. He says, listen, you know, they, and of course, they had the mystical person sitting in the Indian stance, you know, um, with incense and going like this and carrying on, you know, with, with, dread, not, with dreads. When you don't got, <laughs> now when you don't got beady hair, you don't need to have no dreads. Amen. And so, um, and so I'm like, like, why, like, who cares about some hot springs? He said, oh, you, you don't know, do you, son? He says, see, hot springs, he says, he said, you believe in God? I said, yeah, you believe in God. And he said, hot springs, he said, this hot water was made, you know, and then somebody else going to say made by the universe and all that kind of craziness. So it has hidden minerals in it that your tap water doesn't have in it. They said, we don't have many filters, anything. But they give, the, the, this is the way water was meant to be drank. And it, can, it does more than satisfy you. It gives you nutrition that you can't see. And, and, and even and people that have been known to bathe in it, son, have gotten healed from different ailments. They, they, were, they were battered by different ailments. But when they drank this water, when they began to take this water with them, and drink, their lives became changed because they drank fresh water. The father saying to his son, he said, son, 
I want you to drink fresh. He said the, 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 the point of manhood, the biggest point of manhood is that, man, you're a real man if you seek satisfaction from God's ordained means. God has ordained marriage as a place where you can enjoy the sexual union. Now, what's funny about that, son, is, you know, you know and he assumes some things, and we're going we're gonna to lay it out. But in Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, it says, it says in verse 24, it says, And for this cause a man shall leave his father and his mother, and he shall cling to his wife. But then he says something after that that's interesting. It says, And the two were naked and not ashamed. You know, Adam and Eve had something going on that we ain't got. They didn't have no broken hearts from past relationships. You know, they, they, they didn't take, you know, naked and out of shame is interesting expression. It means uninhibited by emotional damage. Able to be totally exposed before your spouse. He said they were naked and not ashamed. Can you imagine what it was like if you never liked anybody, you've never had a crush on anybody, and God gave you that person, and you, in other words, the text says they were freed up to be one flesh. They were freed up to be, and we live in a culture where we have so many crushes, so many kisses, and so many heavy petting, and all of this stuff, that by the time we get married, it's hard to see your spouse, fellas, as fresh water. Because we have been taught by the culture that that's going to get stale. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, after, you know, like, like we talked about last week, you can't understand that she's fresh water if you're bringing other cisterns into the bedroom. Because, see, what happens is, is we, we, we remember what, what, what Keisha like and Cece and them like. You know what I'm saying? So we try to come to our wife and try to tr- try them tricks on her. But the Bible says that the two shall become one, not the 90 shall become one. If the two shall become one, we're supposed to be freed up to become one flesh. Listen, God has set it up where husband and wife both supposed to be virgins, not just a woman. Amen. And then they come together and they learn sex together. They fumble, but the issue is they're laughing and having fun and learning because they don't know that they're making a mistake. But see, some of us come to marriage, we're too experienced. You know, I'll go, go down South Street to that store on South Street. I'm going to go up in there with the pink, you know, the pink mannequin up in the window with the fur around the And I'm going to go. Now, I'm not saying that's wrong if you go with the marriage mate. Like, don't you go in there by yourself, man. Tell me you're going to get something and you're looking around. Because you're going to unfreshen your water up in that piece. Hallelujah. I rebuke the devil right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but we're supposed to be, what, what makes a man a man is that he's so sad, he believes that God actually has something to offer in his economy. And because you believe that God has something to offer from his economy, that you say, I'm going to fall back right now. I'm going to fall back right now, and I'm going to hold myself. I'm going to wait for the opportunity that God gives me a mate so that I can get it in with her. And so we want to be able to make sure that, that we're walking as wise men. 
Note about the wise man takes advantage of God's satisfaction. Many times in our lives, we are so used to false means of satisfaction that God's way of fulfillment seems corny. The reason is that our senses have been trained to not believe that God actually likes pleasure. Illustration, you know what I'm saying? My, you know, my wife, you know, trying to get my eating habits together. I said, sometimes I don't eat breakfast, you know what I'm saying? And then, I, and then I get home, I eat lunch, you know, and somewhere, you know, pick up something, do a drug, then come home, eat dinner. But then since I haven't eaten breakfast, like around 9, 10, 11 o'clock, my stomach's going, ow. And, 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 I, and, I, and I, I see my wife, you know, I see her, she may be doing something. I wait till she goes there, and then I creep to the kitchen. <laughs> and, 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 I'll, and I'll go to the kitchen, and I'll open the fridge, and, baby, what you doing? I'm just getting some water, some, some lemon water, and a rice cake. Hallelujah, wifey. And, and, and she'll come in and know you're not. You're making, you making steaks and fries and chicken, eating chips. She says, baby, are you going to let me help you? Are you going to let me help you? You want to get this area together? Are you going to let me help you? She said, see, she, 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 said, she said, baby, it's, not, it's nothing wrong with being hungry. You just eat at the wrong times in the wrong places. And I thought about that in relation to us as men. It's not, there's nothing wrong with being thirsty. Nothing wrong with it. But the question is, can we apply the fruit of the Spirit Self-control, which self-control is really what I call a divine cage and leash. See, self-control, your passion, like I said in the message, is like a puppy. A puppy that... You know, that's your passions. The fruit of the... The part of the fruit of the Spirit called self-control puts a leash and a cage on your passion. And it says, listen, listen, hey, li- listen, listen. Now, we go, I'm going to open the cage. Now, sit. <laughs> sit. Now, when I open the cage, I'm going to tell you where to go. Now, you're not going to just see another dog going past go. <laughs> You know how dogs always, you know, get, you know, all on each other. <laughs> See, I w- I'm going to pull you back. And then the, the, you, you say, okay, open the gate. And you take your self-control out. And you, you go walk in the self-control. You got to walk your self-control now. You can't just say, all right, go. <laughs> you can't do that. You got to leash them up. You got to get a leash around your self-control. And you got to take them. You got to walk them. You, I mean, you got to, listen, you got to get your self-control trained. You got to train passion. Your self-control is what, 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 what trains your passions. See, God has brought redemption to our passions through the gospel, Ezekiel 36. But the question is, do we chain it and do we let it go? See, we're supposed to be. See, a real man will, will say, yo, man, I want to fall back from like, like, I, I, I like not look like, like it's, and it's not a sucker. Like most of the time we think like when you fall back, you know, on the block, oh, you gay. You gay to the mother. He gay. He don't want that. He gay, ain't he? Huh? (laughs) 
And so all of us, nobody want to be called gay. So, all right, I'm in. And you scared to death of the wrath of God, if you are. And so God is wanting us to say, well, he wants us to drink water from our own sister and fresh water from our own way. He said, he said, should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets? He says, springs, notice he, he goes plural. And, and he's, ta- he's talking about, He's talking about the climax of what happens when you experience enjoyment in sex. He says, I don't want you going out in the streets getting satisfied all over the place. He said, he said it's a waste of your time. Remember we talked about last week. When you let your springs be spread abroad, fellas, what happened is, is when it's time to enjoy God's blessing. See, most people think, see, most people like the front on the kingdom. That's why the Bible says, be not deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, listen, I'm telling you right now, you cannot, that is a universal principle. Listen, you can sow to the flesh. Say, all right, when I, when, you know, when, when I get time, you know, I'm going to keep sowing to the flesh. So, all right, God, I'm going to keep sowing to the flesh, sowing to the flesh. And then act like you're going to go make a spiritual withdrawal. And, and that, that doesn't work. I tried it. I tried it. I told y'all, I had to, I, I had so spread my streams through pornography. I had so spread my streams through, you know, thinking I was cool through a monogamous relationship with one girl before, you know what I'm saying? I was like, you know, and I thought just because I was getting it in with her, I was cool. When I got married, my wife was a virgin. We talk about this, so it's not, not I'm like, just don't, we said we want to expose this. And, and, and I had to learn my wife from the ground up. That, that, that's, that's when I became a man. I became a man when I had to not, not say, man, how much can I get? But when I had to say, see, a real player, a real player, anybody can go around and try the same tricks on nine different women. It's the same one. Y'all know who I'm talking about. And when you get married, you try the same trick. After a while, family, your wife's going to have a conversation with you. And she's going to be like, you know, baby, I, I'm tired of just taking care of you. See, some of us as men, we like to just be taken care of. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But that's selfish sex. That's selfish. If she's just taking care of you. I want to cover my husband. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's not biblical. That's selfish. The gospel demands a lack of selfishness. So that means I got to learn her what she likes, what she doesn't like. Where she likes to get touched, where she likes to get touched. That's a part of living with her in an understanding way. If you don't live with your wife in an understanding way, God closes heaven. That includes in how you deal with her sexually. If you don't deal with how she receives, then guess what? God shuts down your prayers being answered. You could be in tears, and you can have nine commentaries out crying in prayer. <laughs> oh, God, I just come before you today, God. Oh, God, I bless you. Oh God. And God is like, 
God's like, okay, get up from prayer, get you some biblically Christian-centered, Jesus-centered sex books, like Celebration of Sex, it's some, some Every Man's Battle, some Sexual Morality behind back. Get up in there and sit down, and you, and you need to, listen, you need to get a diagram and start asking your wife what to, what, what to help her out with. Now, 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 I'm just telling you, biblically, a real man learns his woman. Y'all can put your heads down and all of that. But getting married and seeing, don't I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will exalt you if you don't faint, even in the sexual area. And you'll get to the point where your wife says, good job, baby, good job. <laughs> You're learning. But that's manhood. That's manhood. That's biblical man. Listen, that's bi- listen. You growing and developing with one woman, and the two shall become one. And the two, and you're learning her. Y'all getting a rhythm, and y'all know each other. What you don't like and don't. That's see, that's not scattering. But you can't get tired of man. I'm getting frustrated because my wife not giving me none. So look, I'm gonna stay up a little later after she go to bed and flip channels. No, my wife, my, my wife hold, hold it, ain't holding it down right now. So I'm going to fall. That's not manhood. A man, don't, a man don't go to unordained means and say, listen, God, you know what I'm saying? Like, the woman you gave me got me doing this. Like, help her get her weight up. You know what I'm saying? A brother won't go to these streams. Like, if you don't want me to go to streams and go to other buckets and sisters and carrying on, look, get her together. But no, a real man say, look, you know, I'm not even going to tell myself. I'm going to go to bed when my wife go to bed. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God for grace. I'm going to tell somebody I'm struggling. And I'm, I'm going to say, fam, hold me accountable. Develop me. Help, help me to be developed so that I can zoom in on the wife of my youth. So that I can zoom in. So that, because, listen, when you, when, listen, sex is only a barometer for all areas of manhood. See, because what happens is if you don't have any self-control biblically in that particular area of your life, then you're going to get used to that. Like sin doesn't let you tell it. Like once you open the door for sin, you can't pick and choose how it like once the door open, it's open. Like like you can't just say, well, I'll be all right if I just compromise the kingdom in this area because I'm I'm straight over here. But listen, in the Bible, men didn't fall in their areas of weakness. They fell in their areas of strength. Abraham was a man of faith. He fell in the area of faith. David was a man of great integrity. He fell in the area of integrity. Paul was a man known for his passionate beating himself into, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, into humility. Where did he fall? Paul was, Peter was, the, was a man of great boldness, but had to be publicly rebuked by Paul for his lack of boldness. See, listen, if you don't have, if you don't get this, if we don't get together and begin working out this area of our lives, then what's going to happen is, is our whole life is going to be corroded by a bunch of selfless pursuits where we've opened up the floodgates to not be satisfied by God's ordained means. And so when God ordains a means, he blesses it. Look look at what daddy, look at what daddy does. He said, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers. Then he does something powerful. He does something powerful. I want to spend some time here. He says, let your fountain be blessed. He says, son, stand up. Take a knee. Take a knee. And he places his hand on his head. And he pronounces covenantal blessing on his sex life. Over in Genesis, over in Genesis, 
you'll see, you'll see, you'll see that, you'll see that idea kind of all over the place. You'll see in Genesis, especially in Genesis chapter 27, verses 26 through 40, where Jacob tricks his daddy into thinking that he was Esau. But there was a blessing that the father was expected to pass on to his sons. And it's interesting later on that when Esau finds out that the blessing had been copped by his brother, he knew that his manhood was wrapped up in his daddy blessing him. And he said, Father, do you have a blessing for me? At least one, bless me, even me, Father. Then you see later on, you see later on, Jacob doing the same for his sons. He said, he said, he said to Joseph, Joseph brought, brought, brought his sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, to, to, to his father Jacob. And he brought them when they brought them to Egypt. And he blessed them too first. It's interesting. And when he blessed them, he, the, the firstborn was over here. And the secondborn was over here. And Jacob went to put his hands on the secondborn. And J- Joseph said, no, father, this. He said, I know, son. He said, I know. He says, but God has shown me something about this secondborn. We need to reinstitute in our generation men blessing men. None of us have ever had a man lay his hands on him. I'm not talking about, no, lay his hands on him and you fall out on the floor. That's not what I'm talking about. That's bump. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about a blessing. Lay your hand, and I'm not talking about no spooky spookiness. But I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about affirming that he's a man. And in this passage, in this, and Jesus does the same. He, he pronounced a blessing in Acts chapter 1, over the apostles and over the church. This father in this passage says, son, I've told you about this sex thing. And he says, I pray a blessing on you. Let your fountain be blessed. That word fountain is usually only used of God. When you turn over to Jeremiah 2.13, it says over there, it says something beautiful in Jeremiah 2.13. It says, let me turn there, 2.13. It says in verse 13, it says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken the fountain of living waters and hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water at all. The word fountain is usually used of God's unlimited source of satisfaction the father proclaims over his son he says let your sex life be an un he says listen i pray for your manhood now son and i pray now and we would say as christians in the name of jesus i pray for you son that god would overwhelm you with sexual satisfaction with one woman can you imagine men if a man took you and say, take a knee, son. Many of us never cry. But if we ever had a man lay his hand on us and say, I want to pronounce covenantal blessing on you as a man. But the area I want to especially commend covenantal blessing on 
is that you're satisfied with God's means of satisfaction. Son, I pray in the name of Christ that your life would be transformed by those places of satisfaction, that you would see it not as a limited resource, but as an unlimited resource reflecting the perfection of God as the one who is all-powerful. May, may he release on you sexual satisfaction beyond your wildest dreams. That's what he prays. He says, let your fountain be blessed. He prays while he has his hands on his son. He's praying for his, for his wife to be able to be a good place of satisfaction. But listen to what he says after that. He, he, you know, he, say, he says, in, in, in the next verse, he says, he says, and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Ah, I wish I had time to just talk about that euphemistic expression. The wife of your youth, the, 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 the woman of your dreams, the woman according to covenant. You'll see it in Malachi 2, 14. Your first wife, your main wife, your main squeeze, the one whom you got betrothed to at a young age. He says, a loving deer, he says, as a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. I can see the son by the father praying. He kind of put his eye up. <laughs> kind of like, Dad, you off the chain like a mug. <laughs> but his father wasn't scared to unveil God's mind to him in a way where he could get it. I mean, anybody would take that blessing. Let her breast satisfy you at all times. He said, let her, let, he said delight in it. He says, in other words, I want you to know that the, it's, it's fair game in the bread room, son. Open season. Enjoy. 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 And be blessed by this glorious thing. But then he says to his son, but, but when he says, like, uh, like uh, as a loving deer and a graceful doe, he was basically, just as we look at God's creation and enjoy its beauty, son, may you have eyes for your only woman, that woman. May just the way we, I want you to look at her body as God's uniquely sculpted creation. And I want you to stand back, son, and I want you to stare her down. And I want you to, just like you go up to the mountains and look around at the snow-capped mountains and like, oh, isn't he an awesome God? And you start singing praise him. He says, son, I, when you see your wife in all of her birth glory, I want you to begin to sing praises to the living God for, for, for her. So I want you to delight in her. See, see, we gotta, see, I want us to emphasize this because I think we need to learn. See, we've been taught so much of what not to do that we don't know how to enjoy. Like, on my wedding night, like, I, I was like, should I feel guilty after this? Because I was, I was, cla I was I'm not going to say classically conditioned, but I was, con I was conditioned based on my actions to always feel guilty and have to pray on the way home. Forgive me, God. And so on our wedding night, I'm like, I'm like, God was cool with that. And it was the beginning of a journey of me, my Christianity being adjusted. I was like, I've been living so foul that now that I've gotten a chance to enjoy, I have to be reordered. I have to be reformatted. I have to, Lord, help me. Now, I had to pray. I had people in my past, in my mind. And I said, God, help me delete the files. 
God, help me to delete the files. I'm messed up, God. I'm sorry, God. Help me to sow to the spirit. Help me to sow to the spirit. Help me to sow to the spirit, God. I want your ways. I want your thoughts. I don't want the strange woman anymore. I want the woman that you've given me, God. God, I want you to, I want as a man, God, I want to love the open doors of blessing to experience all that you have for me. God, cleanse me. That has to be every area of life, not just sex. I said, God, I, I, I need to be reformatted. I, I know I'm the only cat in here that needs to be reformatted. I'm still under process. But then he says, let's have another person. He says, be intoxicated. That, that Hebrew word there means get drunk. Uh, We're we just going to leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. He, he, said, he, said, he said, I want you to be, he said, I want you to be intoxicated. Man, when was the last, man, you, you know how you, you've ever felt like you were in the right place at the right time and God was cool with it. And you was just like, God, I don't want this to end this time. This is what it feels like to be in the will, smack dab in the will of God and to be freed up to enjoy it. That's what, he, that's what our lives should be like, man. Our lives should be filled with flagrant enjoyment of what God has provided. Flagrant. Flagrant. Enjoy. Like, we got to be sanctified. So because we're so used to having to fight and, and use the word of God, if we even use it, flee immorality. You know what I'm saying? Um, 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 I kept my eyes away from a virgin. So that I said, we, we, we used to that. So God is saying, man, there's some open doors where I'm just going to open. I'm just going to let you enjoy it. He says, he says, be intoxicated always in her love. He said, why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? Then he does something interesting. And I'm, I'm, it's kind of, it would seem confusing. It seemed confusing. But he says, four, explanatory preposition a man's ways are before the eyes of the lord and he ponders all his paths when he closes the prayer with his son he says son i want you to know now i didn't i told you i told you and god watches everything like when you're having sex god doesn't turn his head like he doesn't see he sees everything Y'all don't believe me? Turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 1. After my girl Hannah prayed, Elkanah, it said, and, and Elkanah knew Hannah, and the Lord visited her. While they were in, in, in opened her womb, while her and Elkanah was getting it in, opened her womb so she can have a son, and his name was Samuel. So God doesn't hate sex, son. But he is, do you know when we get before the beam of seat of Jesus, God is going to ask us about our sex life? How we managed it as men. He's going to go down the list. And we're going to be, uh, we're going to be rewarded or, or lose based on our management of it. It says over in Hebrews 13, let the marriage bed be undefiled. And then it talks about the fact that God will judge if it's not kept undefiled. So as we think about biblical manhood, as we think about those of us who have grown up in hip-hop culture, who have watched videos, who've seen BET Uncut, Midnight Love, who watch, who, 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 who have an underground culture of things that we've seen, who, those of us who, 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 who have been in the magazine culture, right on, it was all we had in the 80s. We just had right on. You know what I'm saying? I, only, I see one of them every now and then. Right on was, the, was before it was Source and 
X, double, all that. You pull out and, a, you know, you get your little Janet Jackson poster. That's all we had. And she was just sitting there like this. You know what I'm saying? Cl- fully clothed. No. Now, you know what I'm saying? You know, they'd be on the front l- like this and carrying on, on the front of the joint. He said, well, I wonder what kind of articles is in this book. No, we live in that culture. So men, men, I want the men to stand. And we're going to ask Jesus. We're going to ask Jesus. If you got the gift of singleness, you can sit. If you ain't got the gift of singleness, I ain't say you single. I was like, it shows a lot of people with the gift of singleness. I was like, dang, we got some beasts up here, some apostles in carrying on. Nah. I, 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 I was saying, you can keep, ta- keep taping this all the way through the prayer. Keep taping it. And, and, and I want you to stand. And I, want, I, want, I, I, want, I want us to ask God and invoke God's blessing on us as men that we would be satisfied by God's ordained means of satisfaction specifically for us in the area of sex. Can we do that? Lord Christ, we know that you've bought us with a price and that we must glorify you because of the cross in our bodies. Lord God, we present our bodies right now in Jesus' name. As a living sacrifice and because of Jesus, holy, acceptable, which is our reasonable service of worship. God, many of us in the room have failed sexually. Many of us have failed with your ordained means being enough. Really, it's not just your ordained means being enough, but God, really, most of us in the room, all of us in the room have failed with you being enough. That's really what it boils down to, God. It boils down to us believing you at your word and you being enough. Lord God, we call upon the new covenant blessings of satisfaction. The new covenant satisfaction of blessings that come through Jesus Christ, the crucified God man. You said that we were raised up with him. And since we are raised up with him, we have the ability to glorify you. So, God, we pronounce you, we, we ask you, and I pronounce over these men, blessing. Lord God, may their fountain be blessed. May their minds be so filled with the scriptures that the sword of the spirit deflects every demonic dart. May you guard us. By the enriching nutrients of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may he be enough. May he be enough. May you give us a new sight. May you open the eyes of our understanding. Lord God, that, we, that our affections may be renewed so that we can see through your lenses. So that what the world loves, we hate. May you give those who are single a wife. And may those who are are, are single, who get a wife, Lord God, by your grace, may you give them a beastie fountain. 
may they enjoy every aspect of what it means to enjoy an undefiled bedroom. God, I pray now that you will redeem defiled bedrooms. That you would, you through the Christ, through his blood, that you, you brought back the bedroom for your glory. And God, that we pronounce blessing over our bedroom. Now, God, bless us as Jacob blessed his 12 sons. Help us, God, to be blessers. Help us to make disciples in such a way that we pronounce upon them a rite of passage. Discipleship, God, is really just a rite of passage from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. May that rite of passage, may you endow each one of us who, are, who know Jesus as Savior, may you endow us with the power to endow blessing upon the coming generation, Lord God, that's coming behind us so that they may know God's way of thinking and God's way of doing things through Christ and that they may be satisfied through all your ordained means and may they have a taste aversion for anything that's unlike you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's prepare our hearts and minds today for communion.